It was the hepatitis and the lack of talent that stopped me from getting into the Oval Office, Mom. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Hello there, welcome back to the Roast Mortem Podcast. I'm Tom Saltman. I'm Travis, I'm drunk. I'm Cody, I'm getting there. Yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. 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 Yes, Sunday. A bunch of guys in the basement drinking beers. Beers. Gonna teach you a thing. Well, Tom's gonna teach you a thing today. Yeah, we're gonna teach a thing, but uh, anyone have anything to report for the week? Um, I saw a man sleeping at Burger King and the cops came. Oh, the King. Yeah, at the Burger King. Right. Where, where he was, was his sleep, He thing? was sleeping down. I think he might have bought a hundred nuggets for fifteen dollars. <laughs> so something we're that we do want that. to do. Oh uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna sleep that. after that. But it's month. a shame that a real king can't sleep at the Burger King. He was the king, and I. He also had a big dark spot on his ass. Uh, I think uh, he pooped himself while he was on the ground. Well, you know what it was? He was no. lubing up all of his nuggets with too much of that ranch sauce. Do the ranch. Nice ranch. Probably barbecue. That yeah, deep that's, color. That's pretty much the highlight of my week, which is pretty terrible. Burger King barbecue sauce is not good. Just throw it out there. Mm. No, it's terrible. And barbecue sauce is hard to fuck up, but yeah. it's horrible. It's really bad, it's bad stuff. This podcast is not brought to you by Burger King. No, nope. never is, on. never has been. Might Probably might, never will might be. Might not be, ever. We are talking about Sid and Nancy today. Sid and Nancy. Sid, Sid and Nancy. Nancy. Now, Sid... Sid Vicious, ah. the bass player for the well-known punk group Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols, yeah. That's a penis, right? That's what that means. Pro- right? Sex Pistol? I mean, a penis? That's how I see it. Yeah, it's probably... In my penis. research, the reason it was named that was a way dumber thing. God. It's just a dong, dude. Yeah, it's a dong. Sex Pistol. Right, well, well, what there is their reasoning? Give me the no, the reason was uh, the, the band was formed by Malcolm McLaren, who was a entrepreneur... In a way, okay. him and Vivian Westwood Capital opened up a boutique Spine. shop called Sex All right. in uh-huh. Soho, London. Mm-hmm. And this was a spot where all the freaks and weirdos that eventually would come together and form a punk scene would congregate. All right. Sex Pistols were very much Malcolm McLaren's brainchild. Let's make some music. Let's make some money. It worked. Malcolm McLaren used these dudes, and I'm going to get into that more. But we're going to backtrack yeah. into pull, Sid Vicious. Pull it back. Where's Sid coming from? Where's this little boy with the spiky-ass hair, Jism's hairs? Well, Jism hair Sid, his real name is John Simon Ritchie. He's born May 10th, 1957 in Lewisham, London, England. Sounds proper for a is, British. Yeah, it kind of... Who's, who's the director? Ritchie? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Is that a fake name? Is that a moniker? I don't I don't know. Common it sounds sounds very British. Yeah, how common of a last name is Ritchie? It's probably like Lee, which is my last name. Oh yeah. It's very common amongst the Asians. If you're just trying to call and get off on a random Korean, it's a great way to to get involved. You know, yeah. you just look up Lee in the phone book, which they don't make anymore, I don't think. I think Yellow Pages is done. It's they, online. They're trying. They're trying. Well, they better try. But I hope they do. So his parents were John and Anne Ritchie. Mm-hmm. John was a guardsman at Buckingham Palace. Oh. So he was a stay-it-still dad. Stay-it-still yeah, dad. Yeah, he's got the fuzzy dildo hat, walks around. It's like, hey, queen, 
I'm gonna keep you safe with my dildo's hat. Yeah. People come along, he, he bends over, just pokes them with the dildo's hat real quick. And that's protection. Yeah. Grade A English protection. Yeah. Mm. That's what they use for condoms over there. You put a guardsman between you and the rod you're banging. Yeah, I've d- actually done that before when I was over there. It was uh, it was uncomfortable. But now I see why there's a British stereotype of, you know, very prude. Lay back. Oh, yeah. The because they've got, they've got that man with the fuzzy hat in between you. And he probably has a loaded rifle with a bayonet. Do they have? They do. Now. They have firearms? Yeah, they have like. They it's the weird because they're dressed in this like. The police don't, but they do. They yeah. are. Like do. they're dressed in like this very like old school Victorian uniform where they've got like it's modern an, weapons. Yeah, it's, an, it's really it's an fucking Enfield. weird. Yeah. I Enfield like it. Bull pump. It's, it's a very strange. I'm all about protection. But anyway, so he was one of those boys. So he's one of those boys. And as much of a tangent as that was, he's pretty much out the rest of the story. And took Sid to Ibiza. Ibiza. If you will, <laughs> the ultimate party it's off the coast of though. Spain, off of España. The plan was that they were all going to move down there. Little happy family. Lovely. Thing is, John was a guardsman and a scumbag, so John never actually came. He sent them checks for their place they were living at. They all bounced. Oh God, he was a scumbag. So oh. Sid Vicious has a scummy father. So we can establish that. It's always Papa John. Always comes back to Papa John. Yeah, a lot Papa of John's John Richie. Yeah. Fucking Papa John Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Dickhead. Worst ingredients, worst paternity. They had met the Royal Air Force. The par- the parental units. The parental units. Yeah. So that's where that whole thing started off. They got married. Okay. Had Sid, who was also named John, as I said. Can we just call him Sid from now on? We're gonna call him Sid right, from Sid now on. Sid henceforth. There's a lot of Johns in this story. John so. died very early on in this story. Now he's Sid. Yeah. He's vicious. Uh, now we have Sid Vicious. So Anne, shortly after that was figured out, moved back to England. Uh-huh. Married a man named Chris Beverly. Beverly Both boy. Anne and Sid took his last name. So now Sid is uh. John Beverly and Anne is Anne Beverly, uh. who okay. commonly went by Beverly. Nice. Wait, so she just goes by her last name, Beverly? A lot She's of people knew her as that. There's a great documentary called Who Killed Nancy, all about the Sid vicious Nancy dynamic, uh. all the shit that happens. That's where I referenced a lot of this stuff from. It's kind of weird, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. So Christopher, even though they just took their last name, right. he dies of cancer six months after their marriage. Oh, damn. Oh. So that's bad news. What kind of cancer do we know? It's Papa John. Actually, I, I don't know. It's cancer in general. Bad uh, for you. I'm sure that information's out there. It's just not in my notes. And Who gives a shit? Yeah, every cancer is bad for you. doesn't really matter where you nah, get it. You get it in your nose. You get it in your cancer. balls. You get it in your feet. Yeah, all bad. Cancer. Some worse than others, but all bad. Yeah, it's They're all, all bad. terrible. It's all bad cancer. We have a story in the documentary. According to Peter Kodik Gravel, he says that Anne used to bring Sid to Morocco and stuff his pants with hash and bring it back to Spain. And that was how they oh, made their money. God. Oh, damn. And Anne was a well-known heroin addict to the point where it was registered because she'd have to go to methadone clinics if she couldn't get a hit. They sure. had those oh, back geez. then. So Sid Vicious's exposure to opiates was almost William S. Burroughs. Immediate know, yeah, right down. Well, he's he's a drug mule from like the age of what, like five? Yeah, and somewhere. he's and he's still a victim at this point. You know, he's oh, yeah. he's a little kid. So but that, my question to you, gentlemen, is if you had to smuggle an illicit substance with your pants, would you go for the cargo or the stretchy sweatpants to maximize the volume? Well, cargo. Any kind of pant it is has disgusting. The utility. I won't be caught dead wearing a cargo pant. Fuck you. I love okay, cargo so, pants. So, so here's what you do. You put, the, you put the drugs in the cargo pants, 
and they're twice as indeceptible because you wouldn't be caught dead in them. Yeah, but no one knows that about me. No, Cody, you left out a very viable... You'd be like, hold on, this nerd has drugs. Yeah. And his cargo punts. What the fuck is that? Cody, you left out the most viable option. What was that? Adult diapers. Uh, with a drop seat or something? No, just adult diapers. You just put the drugs in there. No one's going to check it's that. Sid, no one's going to pat down Sid's your adult diapers. Sid's not an adult. Yeah, true. Well, he's a baby. You can put him in diapers. You just well, don't fuck with babies in adult diapers? Yeah, well, no this is all on Anne. A yeah. diaper. No one's going to attack a kid either. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Anne, uh, as greasy as she is. Knew that. Yeah. Hash pants, Sid Vicious coming through. So in 1973, when Sid was an uh, early teen, if you will, right. he met a, a fellow student at Hackney Technical College by the name John Lydon. A lot mm. of Johns. Better known in the punk scene as Johnny Rotten. Oh. Okay. Johnny I, I Rotten. Boy. He's a guy. He's the punk guy. He's punkist. Yes, he is the lead singer of the Sex Pistols. All right. So they have a history before Sid is even involved with the band. But Sid's like sidelining now. This is before the band had oh, started. They're not even punks. They're just regular good old boys. They kind of started doing the punk thing. Okay. They were freaks or whatever. I don't know if punk was thrown around back right. then as outcasts. So they're just using using safety pins in unconventional ways. Yes, they're just putting it through they're all like, the wow, shit. Wow, those boys are using those safety pins quite peculiar through and, their well, eyelids. That doesn't seem safe. He started hanging out at this boutique clothing shop called Sex Boutique. Boutique <sighs> as fuck, which Boot. was owned by Malcolm McLaren. The other one was Vivian Westwood. You know, okay. it's overpriced when the word boutique is involved. Of course. Now, yeah. Vivian Westwood used to design a lot of the clothing that was sold out of there. Right on. Mm -hmm. Malcolm McLaren was kind of a marketing genius. In a way. Capital Venture. He seems a bit like a Andy Warhol meets the guy who opened McDonald's. So like zero <laughs> talent and just steals from other people. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> you know, the the most basic way of, of uh, what was it? The influencers that we right, have today. Modern day influencers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, that's, that's basically Andy Warhol just invented the repost. You know, like that's that's all wow. he is. If you wow. have the word influencer on your business card, unsubscribe. Roastmortem podcast, we're influencers. No, just just no, I'm just kidding. No, right? take it. No, influencers. Take a trip to Hawaii. Yeah. There's plenty of volcanoes. Just yeah. throw yourself in there. There's 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 volcanoes in right, Hawaii. Cody? Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely one. The Sex Pistols are the brainchild of McLaren. Okay. McLaren was on the inside of the rock and roll world. He would supply all kinds of artists with stage clothing. Him and Westwood opened sex originally under the name In the Back of Paradise Garage, selling records and clothing. Mm. And the two of them would repair and refurbish clothing, kind of like the very DIY punk stuff that we know today. It's like consignment shops almost. They would take a pair of jeans that was thrown out in a thrift store. So and they would fuck it up with a cheese grater and, and sell it for $48. So they had influence in the punk world. Yeah. Uh-huh. So wait, there. I guess like when you're talking about high end clients, that would probably be someone like the Stones or Cream, the, right? Because the, like punk the Stones isn't is there yet. The most notable is the New York Dolls. Okay, and it kind of blew up in their face too when they started working with the New York Dolls. They were just kind of giving them the clothing and endorsing them and promoting. Right. Malcolm was a big promoter, so he would talk to the venues. He used to set up tours and shit. He wasn't actually the New York Dolls manager or anything, but he was involved with them. Yeah. And that backfired too because he made some really fucked up outfits for them, mm. like some <laughs> some. It, it was like these pleather suits that had the the hammer and sickle on them. Ah, oh, sick meme, bro. And it was like, this is how we're going to brand you now, and it totally didn't work. And the New York Dolls ended up breaking up shortly after anyway. Oh. Mistake number one was the pleather. 
Yeah, and no one likes wearing pleather. Yeah, no. and there's probably holes in the nipples. Oh, big time for chafing. Well, sex was for anti-chafing. Sex had a lot of that bondage clothing, the fetish oh, yeah? stuff. Yeah, yeah, they were really good for that scene. They were the original hot topic. Oh, at the time, it very was groundbreaking. Fresh. It was fresh. Right, um, it wasn't played out as much. Yeah, every cliche we know nowadays was fresh at one point, and I guess I gotta. Yeah, the, the pill you have to contextualize that. Pistols. Punk is a relatively new thing. It's only been around for 40 years. Right. Um, That's old. It is. I mean, to rock, us on our side. Yeah, true. I mean, we're less than 40, but at the same time, that's still kind of fresh. I mean, it was rock and roll yeah. that worked its way from the late 50s until the 70s. Rock and roll still is huge. Right. But there were people who wanted more. They wanted it to be more extreme. And more that's aggressive. where people like Matt McLaren art. came in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, and of course, with any type of fad, there's going to be a fucking capitalist whore, like Hot Topic, hmm, that yes. comes along. I'm glad you said that, because McLaren, his head was right there. That's exactly what he was thinking the entire time. He wanted to make his own band. He didn't want, he didn't want to sell to other bands. He wanted to have his own little project, which became the Sex Pistols. But that started with another group that was the Strand or the Swankers. Now, the mm-hmm. Strand and the Swankers was the base of the Sex Pistols, and it was made of Paul Cook, who was the drummer. Paul Cook, okay. drummer. Also goes by Cookie. Uh, Steve Jones, the guitarist, but he was a vocalist at the time. All right. And Wally Nightingale on guitar. So none were, of the... Was that any of the Sex Pistols? That was two of them. Two of them. It, yeah. Uh, Steve Jones was the guitarist through the whole Sex Pistols career. Okay. And uh, Cookie was the drummer. All right. So that was the base of the Sex Pistols, and they used to go to the shop the three of them, and they would play around town, but they would go to the shop, and they would hang around, and they'd shoot wear the, the clothes. They'd, be, they'd probably just wear the clothes and be like, hey, check this out. I'm like, I'm sick. Look, <laughs> look at my butt. Sick. Loiter like sick a true me. punk. So sick. Guess what? I just invented this new thing. My buddy over here just cut my ass out of my pants, and now it's assless chaps. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about the influence on uh, bondage and gay look, we have to go into Judas Priest. I don't think any of those guys oh, are dead. Yeah. yeah. Huge influence <laughs> on rock and roll and metal comes from the gay scene, which yeah. I think is fucking it's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. It's great. Because a lot of those guys are a little more on the conservative side of what they take in. You know, they right. find the extreme stuff, and it's all just stuck right there. Yeah. Which is totally fine. I don't give a shit, but it's really funny. It comes from the bondage scene. Anyway, moving on. They were a pop rock band at the time, but they were cool. They were hip. They would hang out with the freaks. Right. So McLaren convinced Jones and Cook to drop Nightingale from the band and pick up Glenn Maddock. As- he had the coolest name. Yeah, Nightingale? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Dude, bird. He got he got shafted in this whole oh. whole deal. Because McLaren saw it, and he wanted to be the manager, and mm. he really wanted to manage. Right. Not just like, I'm going to get you gigs. Like, I'm going to decide what we do and what we don't do. I'm going to decide where you pee. Essentially, he created a boy band. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, back then. So this guy's making punk boy bands. Yes. And he's walking around free as a bird, not like a war criminal. No, no, he's uh, totally fine. Fuck I mean, this he, guy. He, he was free until the day he died. He got arrested once. We'll bring that oh. up later. All right. So we got McLaren, who's putting together a band. He's using the Swankers or the Strand, depending on what venue they were playing. He convinces the band to drop Nightingale, get him out of the band, and they pick up Glenn Matlock as a bass player. Matlock. Mm-hmm. Matlock. Cool yes. name. Yeah. Great name. Yes. And he renames the group Sex Pistols. So Malcolm. McC- so Matlock is the thing that makes it Sex Pistol. In a way, they got the three instruments down. He is naming this after his shop. Right, the in a, sex in a way. It's a penis. Yeah, it's a penis. It's big a big time. old pen fifty. Yeah. Why two though? What do you mean two? Sex pistols. Who who's running around with two sex? 
pistols. Well, they're all dogs. swashbuckling. There was some quote I read. I gotta paraphrase it now because I didn't write it down. If it was but... for a dick, it'd just be sex pistol. Yeah, I was thinking I wanted them to be like deadly assassins. Oh, he's very <laughs> soft spoken. Right, I gotcha. Um, everyone soft spoken except for Johnny Rotten in this whole this whole thing, and Nancy. Nancy's very loud. Nancy is a loud lady. What's her last name? Sponge. <laughs> the band at this point didn't have a singer until Bernard Rhodes, a friend of McLaren, right. spotted John Lydon in sex. A lot, of John's. John's. a lot of Johns. A lot yeah, of Johns. A lot of Johns. Not enough hookers. John couldn't sing for shit, but he had the look. He was, Which the... is all you need nowadays. Well, yeah, big time. But back right. then. He didn't even think of being a singer, and then McLaren approached him, asked him to audition, and Lydon had no idea what the fuck was going on, really. Like, right. Uh, McLaren, in an interview, was talking about how he felt really creepy because he really wanted him to be in the band, but he's asking him all these really extremely vague questions to funnel him into this idea. Mm -hmm. Right, I gotcha. So he's doing the, do you like music? Those kind of questions. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, The hard-hitting questions. I really like music. I like when the instruments go bang, and I go, yeah. Do you like patterned waves? Rotten. I'm just going to stick with Rotten for him. Yeah. He was already punk, though. Like, he fucking had that shit unlocked. He had a shirt that he had made himself. He had bought a, a Pink Floyd shirt in, like, permanent marker to scratch, like, I hate over it. Right. It's so cliche now to do something like that. But right. But this is a 17-year-old or 18-year-old back in 1975. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll was the most radical thing. So right. something, something shitting on rock and roll was, like, unheard of. Yeah. So he gets the band together. We got these four dudes jamming out. Mm-hmm. They start playing shows, and they are insane. Are they good? That's my question. At the time, not really. I mean, like I said, Johnny Rotten couldn't sing, but it was that punk attitude. He's just yelling. No, no one had heard more shit than, like that before. Right? It's more than yeah, the music at this point. Then. It, it was new. like lifestyle, oh. which music is inclusive of. Well, and the or, music or was lifestyle new. Is inclusive well, the music, music was new, but the music was secondary. It was like. This is how we live. This is the chaos that we want. This is the anarchy that we're into. And it's more of a statement than the actual music is. Like right. they were a violent band. Every time they would get on stage, there was someone getting fucking hurt. It wasn't formulaic. Exactly. It was totally new. It broke ground. Well, your dick might get punched when you're at a sex pistol show. Oh, big time. Your dick. You, your sex pistol might Yeah, get. your sex pistol might get punched when you're at a sex pistol show. Probably won't get punched if you're at a cream. Yeah, and they were like a cream at a cream mm, show. They were received really well, though. The youth of London, they wanted that. They wanted something rowdy and different. Right. So they released their first single, November 26, 1976, which is Anarchy in the UK. If you don't know that song, pause the podcast, listen to it, or don't. It doesn't fucking matter. It's a punk song. It started something. Yeah. This was followed by a whole bunch of other singles, like Holiday in the Sun, Pretty Vacant, and God Saves the Queen, which I'm going to come back to in a bit, because that was some controversial shit. Oh. All right, Tom, so as a music boy, where... (laughs) As music boy, Tom. As music boy, Where does the American punk scene... Is this happening at the same time, or are the Six Pistols happening, and then inspired, like, the Ramones and, like, all these people? The Ramones were out... Before. Oh. Okay. Um, they were punk, but they were not, they were very formulaic. If you listen to Ramones music, yeah. it's fun, but every song sounds exactly the same. It's not as aggressive. Yeah. And a, a big thing in rock and roll back then was having long hair. Like, if you rocked out, you had long hair. 
and the Ramones did that. So Sex Pistols, they all did the short hair thing, the spiky thing, and it was totally different. There were aesthetic differences that the Sex Pistols really dug into, and that was a lot of McLaren. You know, he's taking his product and his fashion ideas. He's using them to get his product out. Yeah. So they're just models, pretty much. They're models. They're they're putting out music. The music's fun. The shows are dangerous. And if I was in the UK at this point, in, and I'm fucking 13 or 14, I'm going to listen to this. Because this yeah. is, this is the, they would get all the bad publicity, which is exactly what you want yeah. when you're trying to break the mold. Absolutely. Here's what I'm hung up about, is this, are the Sex Pistols developing art? Would you, you know what I mean? Because it seems like, like, yes, because they're at the harbinger of, like, something new and introducing the populace to it, or... Are they just making a lot of noise because, like, their music isn't technical? The way I see it is that they were making art in the music, and they were making art in the fashion sense, but the most important thing was the statement. Not the music. The music was partnered with the statement. Okay, so the music was like a vessel. It was so much more than just the music. Okay. Yeah, no, I think, I kind of see that, and so far from what the picture you painted, I kind of see it as... How much does Chef Boyardee contribute to cooking? What are you talking about? <laughs> because uh, you know, the there's some there. Chef Boyardee you don't need there. to cook. Every noodle is the same. You don't need to cook some Chef Boyardee. I don't think there's actually <laughs> any Chef Boyardee you need to cook. You don't. But like the aesthetic is there. Every noodle is the same. All right, moving on. Love the rap. Travis. No. Right. How dare you? I don't know. <laughs> Keep drinking. So in early 1977, Matlock leaves the Sex Pistols. For what reason? I'm glad you asked. There's a few different accounts. McLaren and Steve Jones both stand by the story that they forced him out because he said he liked the Beatles. Fuck that guy. Yeah. (laughs) What a bitch. They're like, oh, Beatles? Dumb. (laughs) Got rid of him. Gay. (laughs) Most likely not what happened, but they stick to that. What does a barn owl and Yoko Ono have in common? I don't know. They make their living off of dead Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) This... This variety hour of comedy has been brought to you by the Rouse Morton Podcast. <laughs> and Johnny Rotten claimed that Matlock couldn't tolerate the lyrics in God Save the Queen. Very controversial song. This is the Queen is the Queen. The Queen is the Queen. She's How around. bad was this? Because apparently, like, it was bad, but, like, in well, now like, we're today's told... referencing, you know what I mean, like... In today's referencing... How subversive was the God Save the Queen track? We are so removed from controversial yeah, stuff now. we're desensitized right. so if we heard that's this... why we're getting offended all the time because we've uh-huh. heard it already you know like ted nugent just a few years ago talking about how he's going to kill obama on twitter if you were to say something like that back then you're destroyed yeah but we're yeah, so desensitized yeah. that it's at the time it was fucking nuts you're t- you're accusing the queen of being a fascist and big news you're calling her not even a human being all this fucking alex jones style conspiracy the first shit. to go against the grain dude you're just making a parallel from Sex Pistols to Alex Jones. Yeah, I did. Wow. Yeah. You heard oh it here. You heard Gay it here. Frogs. Yeah. <laughs> Gross Mortem Podcast. Well, you know, they didn't mention anything about her being reptilian at all, right? No, no. It wasn't uh, that type. It was just she was an asshole. Yeah, she's a fucking queen, man. reptilian asshole. I mean, she's still, she's still a fucking asshole today. 50 years later. I mean, uh, excuse me, 25 years later. Can't do a podcast on the queen. She's still kicking. So Matt Soon. Luck's first statement was a vague, like, <laughs> It was a mutual agreement that I left the band. And then later on, stating that Johnny Rotten's ego was just too much. Rotten was an asshole at this time. He had right. let it go to his head. And 
it's also speculated that Johnny Rotten kicked Matlock out of the band Ooh. just as a punk symbol. I do what I want. I'm the face of the Sex Pistols. Get a lot of charisma. So we don't actually know what happened, but that's the rough of it. There's a few. There's a few stories. I know uh, Johnny Rotten changed his story a couple times throughout the years. Like he leveled out a lot. So I've seen some stuff that was relatively recent. He seems like an alright guy. Uh, yeah, Rotten. I mean, he says some shit. He's kind of an asshole still, but he's not like Bono asshole. Yeah, whatever. It's Rex. He owns it. So Matlock's immediately replaced by Johnny Rotten's childhood friend, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious! I know that guy. So what's what's the roster currently? So because right now... we've been flopping around a little bit. So now we got Cookie on drums. Cookie on drums. We got Jones on guitar. Uh-huh. Rotten as the lead vocalist. All right. And Sid Vicious on the bass. And McLaren's still sitting on top of everyone. He owns the rights to the band. And it, that is the Sex Pistols. Yes. Is this when Sid Vicious coined the term Sid Vicious, or were you already walking around being like, I'm vicious, dog. <laughs> That's I'm a great Sid. question, actually. My name's I, Sid, I'm vicious. I'm really glad you asked that. That name came from Johnny Rotten's hamster, or gerbil. Was, <laughs> was, was, what? It was named Sid after Sid Barrett, the original Pink Floyd guitarist okay. who went insane. So and, you have, and you have a hamster or, or guinea pig named after an insane guitar player. One day, Sid Vicious is over at Lyndon's place, and he goes to pet the animal, and he gets bit. I'm going to pause right there. And then it yeah. goes up his asshole, and he Dang. comes says Sid Vicious. Exactly. <laughs> they, they form, yeah, they, they turn it. It was the old uh, Power Rangers thing. Yeah. They, yeah, they go, fuse. Go Power Rangers. Do, 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 do. So he said something to the effect of, oh, Sid's pretty fucking vicious. And Johnny Rotten heard that. And it rolled off the tongue. He's just like, Sid Vicious. That's your that's your moniker now. Yeah. Okay. Falling out of his anus. He's replaced as the bass player. Sid has no idea how to play the bass. Why is he the bass player then? It's an image thing. Well, Tom, as Sid- a as a as a as a, ba- a person that was in the band, mm-hmm. you really need to know how to play bass. No, especially with computers, for a regular now. for a regular fucking punk band. Uh, a great bass player can help. Yeah, but but they're really on. yeah no they're, they're, they're really just they're really just an image. They're just there. They're just trim. So Sid was brought into the band for a few reasons. He was Rotten's pal. He had the look. He was Sex Pistols' biggest fans. So the year and a half they've been doing all the shows and stuff, before Matlock left, he was at every show. He was also known in the punk scene for introducing the pogo dance. Oh, that's like the jumpy boy? Yeah, where you just jump around like a Mexican jumping bean. What is that? You just go left and right with a jumpy? No, you just go up and down. Yeah. It's not really a dance. It's like you're tweaking out, just jumping up and down. Yeah, and you can move left and right. I thought right, that was around just... since like the beginning of time. Apparently, <laughs> he was the he was the guy to introduce that oh, into the punk great. scene, which Thank I you. which is so cartoonish. Thank you, Sex Pistols, for that. I, I I love everything about that. Like, that's the pogo guy. That's the guy who does up and down. Oh. <laughs> you know, when he jumps up, he comes back down again. Yeah, it's amazing. Before that, we just stayed in the fucking air. <laughs> yeah, and Sid was involved in the punk scene. He was at every fucking show he could go to. And he was that and guy, down. and people start following him. So people knew who he was based off of the jumping up and down move, <laughs> which is so fucking uh, gold. Oh, it's, up and he's, it's the uh, up and down guy. Imagine putting that on your resume. I go up, I go down. Let me in the band. Let me in the band, please, boy. <laughs> he actually did play drums, though, in another Sid. band. Sid was a drummer. But, so he couldn't get really keep a tempo on bass, because... I don't know. You think of a bass as being most rhythmically locked with what a drummer's yeah, doing. Yeah, be like his bass playing was fucking atrocious, and I don't Oof. think there's any recordings of him playing 
drums in any of these right. bands, one of which is still making music today, which is Susie and the Banshees. Okay. He was their first drummer. Mm. Really? Cool. Wow. I don't think that lasted long, maybe a year or so. But when you said drummer, it's probably like bongo player, because it's more simple. Uh, no, it was punk rock, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. No cymbals. It's just fucking. Right. So, Sid's a, he's a real grade A asshole. Everyone knows this shit about him. Wouldn't be on the podcast if he wasn't. Yeah. Johnny Rotten tells a story about how Sid's mom gave him a bag of heroin on his 17th birthday. Great mom. And that doesn't really reflect on Sid at all, but it kind of shows you his growing up environment and maybe why he was such a fucking idiot and didn't really understand left and right and black and white and what's good, what's not. What'd you get on your 17th birthday, Travis? Do you know? I probably got some nerdy shit like a video game. I got Pokemon Gold and Silver with a Game Boy Advanced. It was nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very, very good so, day. very good. Day. So his mom is giving him drugs. His mom, yeah, he was hooked on drugs day. pretty, pretty early on. Not hooked on fun. Muzzy was so, not involved. I'll just like tell it. you some more. I'll tell you some more examples of him being an asshole. Gosh. So the 100 Club Punk Special was a punk festival that happened in 1976. Sid threw a glass at the band The Damned while they were playing. And the glass shattered on a pillar that was on stage. It's like a drinking glass or a bottle or something? Oh, a drinking glass, yeah. yeah. It shattered on a pillar that was on the stage, and it had blinded some young girl. Took out an eye. Because you're you're too punk rock to just hold on to your drink. Flies out of your hand and loses an eye. Yeah, it's real asshole shit. Jesus Christ. Now, I know that wasn't the intention, but you don't go throwing glasses around. No, it's glass. Whirling dervish of bullshit. I feel like the closest... Thing I've ever come to to a, like a legit punk guy at a show mm-hmm. was I remember I saw real big fish was ska so it's like it's 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 punk ska and this was when I was like seventeen so you know I don't know early we still 2000s, knew each thousands right yeah and there was this dude that was maybe about forty and he was in a leather jacket skinhead Ugh. and he was standing in the middle of the skank pit so we're all just like having fun being little teens. Every team wants to be in the middle of a skank pit. Yeah, we're all skanking, having fun, bruh. And this dude was just grumpy, just sitting in the middle, like 40 years old, skinhead. And he just started punching 17-year-olds in the face. Amazing. Like, like just knocking them out. How long did this go on? Until the security guard came along and dragged this dude out. So, like, that's my image of, like... Was there an exchange of words? The shitty punk. Legit punk people. Was there an exchange of words? Like, sir, you have to stop punching the No, they just dragged dragged him. Okay, good. Yeah, you can't really... You You can't... What are you going to say to a guy like that? that. Stop punching kids? Yeah. Knock it off. Oh, I I just now realized that what I was doing was fucking wrong. (laughs) Uh, I was listening to heavy music that was representing how I feel about the establishment, and I had to punch a kid in the face. Sex pistols! Love punching minors. Sex pistols. Tom, tell me more. So after the whole glass accident... Oh, oh, you know what? I'm going to tell you this story. This I had a beer. Tell me about this. One boy. beer. Oh, uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, beer for you. Thank you. In Who Killed Nancy, the documentary that I got all this material from. Nancy's dead? Some of it. Oh, she's expired, if you will. There's a story that this guy named Mark Helfon tells that really paints a great picture of what Sid Vicious was. Okay. Sid Vicious was at Glenn Maddox's apartment before he was in the Sex Pistols. Uh-huh. And there was a cat in the apartment. And this guy, Helfond, is hanging out, and Sid Vicious sees this cat, 
and decides to make a noose for it and hang it up. Natural. And holds it and fucking kills it. Totally natural. Right ah! in front of this guy. Totally natural. Ah! I don't like cats too much, but... Travis, yeah. you're the cat person. I love group. cats! Why'd you do that to that boy? I have a feeling Before that if Sid Vicious wasn't in a band, he would have been a serial killer. Yeah, I pretty much hate this dude right now. Oh, he's horrible. He strings up cats? He strings up cats. More importantly, that's impressive. Stringing a cat up. Oh, I, they're they a little fight, They, we, they, they are a little fight easily. back, man. Uh, it's, it's impressive. I've never tried it. For that sake. But yeah, like, but like, you're like, a human. You're yeah. a human idiot. Yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have thumbs. You just grab that boy. Fuck I, that dude. I'm imagining it being He used to fight a lot, difficult. too. He, he was to string a cat up. He was but. extremely aggressive, this guy. Right. And, and what's so funny that in this Who Killed Nancy documentary, everyone has the same shit to say, which was, oh, he was such a kind guy. But he used to fight people a lot. He used to take his belt off and whip people with it. Shit he, like that. He used to mm. kill but it's all, cats. But it's always this, like, underhanded, like, he was so nice. He was a kind guy. I grew up with him. Just so generous. He used to beat people. And we would have a great time. Just oh, killing yeah. cats. Yep. Yeah, good, just killing cats. He's all having a great time. He's all kind of fucky. Fuck so, this dude. I mean, that's, like, number one on the serial killer Spectrum, yeah, right? that's, that's, that's what you're going to say. I was going to say that. Animals. Yeah. That's one part of the serial killer trifecta. Yeah. Is, is getting hard off of killing chipmunks and shit. Getting off on killing little baby animals or torturing little baby animals. The other two points of the trifecta being pissing yourself and pissing yourself and getting clonked on the head, right? Oh, yeah. Clonked on the head. Yeah. yeah so the head one. injury, oh. fucking with tiny animals, and whizzing the bed. Talking about like Henry VIII shit. Talking about all serial killer oh, shit. Yeah, man, they all get head, head trauma. I got really? like, yeah. I don't, how do you guys fare on that? I got like a, I got like two point five of those. Not the two point five. I mean, I killed some bugs, and I did have a really bad nut accident when I was younger. Mm. I slid off a bed on the, the other railing. Head. I was the, I was messing around like an idiot, and I fell on my balls like some kind of Bam Margera. And God damn, I fucked my balls up for life. Yeah. Dude, I've I had all of them happen at the same time. You so I like I fell down the stairs when I onto was an animal. This is the, while this, you were this coming. This is serious. While I was pissing and coming. Why is there coming? <laughs> and then happening? I landed on a cat and it died. And I was I laughed. Yeah. No. Uh. Oh, part of that's true. I'm not gonna tell you how much of that's true. So, so you fell on a cat. Uh, hey, gentlemen out there, if any of your bays go missing, give us a call at Rust Mortem. I'll ask Travis. Yeah. So on to Sid Vicious in the Sex Pistols, the games he plays. All right. So they only released one full-length album for their three years they were a band, which was called Nevermind the Bullocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. They used a bunch of the singles that they had recorded to put on the full length, but all the other songs they were going to record, obviously they have Sid Vicious in the band who doesn't know how to play bass. Yeah. And they try to get him to record shit. He does one song, and I, I think they passed on it and just had... Steve Jones, who is the guitar player, play all the bass shit, too. Like, this is going to take forever. Also, I think that Sid Vicious was in the hospital for some hepatitis infection for a bunch oh. of the recordings. Got so the hep. He, he couldn't even practice and get ready to play the parts. How'd he get that? Uh, needles, big time. <laughs> was he already using needles at this point? Oh, yeah. By he... the time he was in sex, he wasn't as big of a junkie. Okay. He was using, but he didn't have the money to right. fucking go off the deep end with it. The big one was Speed back in the Quaaludes. There's really not a lot of mention of Speed in my. It research. was like Speed. Uh, from what I what I know about that period, late seventies mm-hmm. or like mid to late seventies in England, I th- I'm pretty sure the drug of choice was Speed and like really fucking shitty coke. Oh, I believe that. 
Like, it's not Coke. But yeah, it's garbage. They call it Coke. It's white, maybe. UK didn't really have the access. We did. No. Let's introduce Nancy now. We'll go right into her because Sid had met Nancy and they became like a dynamic duo, if you will. Uh, yeah, I did a little bit of back, back research on Nancy Spongin. She's go on. I, I totally wanted to say Splugin. But uh, she was from Philly originally. Um, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia at the age of 15. That's early. It's a little crazy. Yeah. Crazy in the brain. Yeah, she was pretty violent towards her siblings. Yeah, she she was very violent, but also extremely smart. She actually went to school at the age of sixteen to uh, the University of Colorado Boulder. So she skipped a few years. Yeah, sixteen years old, going to college. Like that's that's pretty goddamn. I don't know anyone that's. Done I don't that. trust people that do that. No, I don't know not why. fun. Right, but she's still fucking hitting the shit out of people, like trying to kill herself. She's crazy, but she's brilliant. Apparently, yeah, big time. Um, but she gets banished from Colorado, like banished the state, the state of Colorado. That's one of my favorite How? words. Yeah. You are banished, How? Nancy Splooge. She's a banished babe, and uh, because she uh, seen that series, she, yeah, banished babe, banished babes, banished babes. Twenty seven. It's good. She had she had a little bit of weed on her. She stole from her dorm, which is pretty funny because reprimand her for weed. And look at what Colorado does now. Where if you have weed, they give you an award. She was just too early. Oh, yeah. Way too before times. And also, like, stealing shit from your dorm. You're going to get a slap on the wrist nowadays. You're That's not going to banish from the fucking state. Greasy. Yeah. It's amazing. So anyway, at 17, she wound up being a stripper and professional whore prostitute. Mm. World's oldest profession. Yes. In New York City. And she followed around Aerosmith. Bad Company, the New York Dolls, and the Ramones. Just whoring. Hey. Yeah. She just kind of she, embedded herself in that punk rock and roll scene. Right. Em, she was a premium em, groupie. Embedded. Yeah. Em, yeah em, embedded. Embe- em, emphasis on bed. Embedded. She yeah. was she was Got very it. nice with sexual favors. Yeah. yeah. She's also doing a lot of mm-hmm. blow and heroin. Oh uh, yeah. So she was she was yeah. Which is funny, too, because a lot of people say that Nancy introduced Sid to heroin. And yeah. They, that's not true at all, though. Right. I think she upped the ante on it. She was, she just was like, hey, we, we do heroin. More. More. <laughs> right. than, more. We do more heroin. She, she was the enabler. She was like, hey, Sid, boy, we gonna do the heroin. <laughs> that's what a Jewish girl from, from uh, Pennsylvania sounds like. Exactly. So she's being a whore and a stripper at 17 in New York. And she follows this dude from the New York Dolls, who would also become the Heartbreakers, Jerry Nolan. She follows him to London because she's like infatuated by this dude. Mm-hmm. So like, like oh fucking Jerry Nolan's doing a fucking show over there. I'm gonna try to bang him. Shows up to London and he just doesn't want anything to do with this. She's already got a reputation as this this chick that's just loud, trying to bang everyone, trying to get famous off of banging people, like a Courtney Love type. Exactly. Actually, she's very Famous similar, because very Courtney Love is also really fucking brilliant. Yeah. Courtney Love had family money, though. I don't really know the, the details of, like, what her family life was, Nancy, but, like, it seems like her family was pretty well off. Like, they were loving. Like, you know, like, it seems like they came from a family that was, like... In that documentary, Who Killed Nancy, one of the writers in it shows the house that she grew up in, and it's, uh... It's a pretty big house, as opposed to the shit that Sid Vicious, he was growing up, 
he was in these little flats without any exactly. hot water. She's she's a little bit of a of a, of a Jap Jewish American princess. Thanks for um, clarifying. But so while she's in London, Jerry Nolan blows blows her off. Uh, so then she met the Sex Pistols and immediately tried to get with Johnny Rotten, who also was like, "Nah, I'm not into you." Then met Sid. That's where the shit fucking she's, kicked off. And they didn't look back. No, they, they didn't know look, how back. To look back. So she's like a third hand date for Sid, pretty much. Yeah. Kinda. He's got Ew. like sloppy a millions. Sloppy, sloppy a millions. <laughs> yeah. She probably banged around a lot, uh, even while they were dating. Village That's bike. speculation, but it's also speculation that I heard other people say. It's not my own conjecture. Right. Well, I've never fucked it. Well, Aerosmith was on this list, so I'm assuming that. Uh, was it Keith Tyler? What? Is that his name? What's his name? Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Who's Keith? So I'm just assuming that his entire mouth was over her head. Yeah, definitely. Like he engulfed just... her head. That's how he gets off. Yeah, he just sucked her like a fudgeticle. Like kind of yeah, like <laughs> like a fudgeticle or like the mummy. You know, it's just jaw unlocked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to close your eyes. I don't want to stay with nothing. Because you're Nancy Spoogin and you're going to bang Sid Vicious. Yeah, uh, that's what the song's about. Uh, apparently, uh, that's all I know about this lady. <laughs> Sorry, Doge. I just slapped the Doge yeah, with the pen. And Travis yeah. just threw his research pad and paper over his shoulder and landed on. She her. was being a good girl, and all of a sudden we got Travis just weaponizing a sheet of graph paper at her. Can't believe this. Yeah, I'm a drunk boy. She's fine. So anyway, that's what I know about this this bitch. You have these duo now, and that I, that was a few months into Sid being in. The Sex Pistols. Now back to more Sex Pistols stuff. In 1977, they released God Save the Queen, which I mentioned earlier as one of their signals. Yeah, rough times. Now, this was a very offensive song, and it just so happened I don't find it offensive, because right. I'm not British. I'm, I'm a colonial, so God Save the Queen all day. Yeah, why the fuck not? The I queen- mean, it seems like God's been doing a great job at saving that queen. She's been kicking for... I'm glad you said that, because... It just so happened that the year that they released it was her silver jubilee year. What silver? That would be the 25th year. Two five. That's a quarter century. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the one song. I don't really know too much of the Sex Pistols, to be honest. But God Save the Queen is like one of the songs that I legitimately like. It's a good song. It's a good song. They, it's fun. It's like, you know. But God Save the Queen, to me, is, I think, my favorite Sex I mean, the hits were well picked. You know, Anarchy in the UK, right. and that's a catchy song. Yeah. Johnny Rotten just sounding like a piece of shit cat on top of it. <laughs> yeah. But it works, you know, and I get it. And this song brought them a lot of attention in good and bad ways. And when you want to fuck with the system, there's no such thing as a bad way. Yeah. All, all so praise press is taken is and bad press is even better. Yeah. Right. To the point where this song actually was part of the reason that they were dropped from EMI. They had signed a two year contract with EMI. EMI, and- their record. The record label. Right. Okay. And EMI dropped them a few months into it just because of how outlandish they were. And they were talking about putting out this song and it, it was recording. They were doing sessions on it. The day the single drops is also the day that A&M Records picked them up from EMI. So they're dropped and right away and uh, picks them up and puts together all these singles of God Saves the Queen. Oh, wow. And it gets shelved hard to the mm. point where they're sending it to all the stores, all these record shops and no one's carrying it it's all in the back you have to go ask for it just because it's too racy it was racy as fuck in fact this single this 76 single yeah that they have 
I'm sorry, the 45 single, it's one of the most expensive vinyls that you can find today. Still because so wow. many of them were destroyed. Okay. Record stores would get them in and just burn it. And this was, that it, was mainly... After paying for them. Well, I mean, they, there was all this shit about, it was on their, uh... Their, their, their contracts, where they their have contracts, to take where they're bought, X amount yeah, they're of money taking from it. the record label. Exactly, so they have right. to bring X amount of records in, and people would refuse to sell it. Still managed to hit number two on the charts. In British charts? On the British charts. Wow. But it was so controversial that it was banned. The number two slot on the charts in the the prints, it was just a blank space. Just a black bar. Oh, it was just like, it was just blank. It just didn't say anything. It was number one. I think Rod's, some Rod Stewart song was number one. <laughs> and then just some phantasm. And then, a, and then nothing. Right. And then whoever was after. So was it all... I mean, I don't know if you saw, came across this in your research, but was was it also controversial in the U.S.? No. Because, like, we don't give a fuck about the Queen. It also didn't have the same effect here. Yeah. Like, there were Sex Pistols fans here, but right. over there it just blew up. Right. It was so new, and here it, we didn't care about the the politics behind it. Some people are like, that's cool, but yeah. it's like it wasn't, like, a yeah, big it, deal. It, it made its place in New York City. I mean, there's a lot of New York City punks. There's a scene there. The CBGBs. Yeah, the all time, that shit. Right? Max is Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew more about music. I like how Cody's we over there just fucking... <laughs> Thumb up my ass, like what is Tom? Did you what's ever, an arpeggio? A little bit of a uh, arpeggiator. A little <laughs> the arpeggiator, yeah. I hate yeah. that word so much. A little bit of a sidebar, but Tom, did you ever go to CBGBs? We were alive. Tom and I were alive when CB, CBGBs was around. I had never been. Me neither. It like closed when we were like just getting out of high school. I mean, I did like some punk rock at that point, right? More like the the American wave, like uh, yeah. Pennywise and. No effects, gotcha, and uh, MXPX shit like that. I didn't really catch on to this whole first wave of punk until I was a little older. older. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, mean, I, I still like it. I mean, uh, we were talking before. Dead Kennedys, love Dead Kennedys. One of the best punk bands out there, and Great. they they did what the Sex Pistols did in a more entertaining way, in my personal and intelligent opinion. too. Yeah, super intelligent. They didn't fuck around with the whole swastika thing. Like Sid Vicious was known for just wearing a swastika on his shirt all the time, like a little idiot. Like he wasn't a Nazi though. He just wanted to piss people off. Yeah, he wanted to piss people off. That was one argument. And there's other people on that Who Killed Nancy documentary who say how brilliant it was because he was trying to devalue what it meant. But uh, I, I don't no, think it was that's right. That's I don't buy an that interesting point, but I don't buy it. It's yeah. not a you wearing it by yourself isn't going to do that. You're even just still, pissing people yeah, off. Even still, if you got like a bunch of people to sport swastikas, I'd still be dubious of what your intent is. You know what I mean? Of like, course, yeah. yeah. I mean, We're I don't know. To throw away the value behind it's, this hate symbol. It's like, okay, cool. It seems pretty trolly. That's about it. It's in today's trolly. terms yeah. of trolly, but like. Yeah. God Save the Queen was later put on their full length album, which mm-hmm. was Nevermind the Bullocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. Bollocks. It's a good word. By the time that album had come out, it sold really well. Really good numbers on that album. Really but second on the charts. Second on the charts. Well, that yeah. was the single. The right. album the album didn't re- I think it reached a top 10 space at one point, but it was also censored. And when it came out, there was so much controversy, the controversy of <laughs> You're controversy, drunk. Controversy. Controversy. So when it came out, there was a lot of angry boy British boys Gosh. learning what their dick does, shooting white semen, and listening to. <laughs> yep. 
the Sex Pistols. Oh, yes, exactly. It was a lot just of that. Them. That album came out and it got banned everywhere. So no radio stations were playing it. There were pirate radio stations playing it. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's a cool era in time. We don't do that anymore. Where pirate radio stations were a fucking nuisance. I've never been there, but like all of the romanticized reports of pirate radio but stations. But you live you live in the gorgeous. new age of that though. Where we make pyro radio podcasts. What do you think what do you think torrenting all the animes you torrent is? Legal. It's the same thing. That's legal. Dude, why are you being nice to him, Tom? It's not animes, it's hentai. So. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Attack on Titan. Ah, oh, that's a great <laughs> show. That's got to be something. <laughs> I, I made it up, but I look like such a weeb right now. Probably. Yeah, so this album caused a lot of stir, and they pretty much got banned from everywhere in the UK for playing. They weren't allowed to play out shows anymore. Makes mm. sense. I mean, I'm sure they could at, like, bars and stuff, but it would Black have to be pop-up shit. Eight-balled. They're threatening the most important monarch in the world. Yeah, I mean, queen. for God's sake, when they, they came out with God Save the Queen, they Malcolm McLaren came out with this crazy publicity stunt where they went on a boat called the Queen Elizabeth on her Jubilee holiday day itself and played that song on a ferry that was floating down the River Thames. And that just ended in a shit show where 11 people were arrested and all kinds of crazy fights got uh, broken into. So they had this heat going on. Yeah. Travis, is is that how you pronounce Thames? It's a Thames. Thames? Yeah, bastard. It's all right. It's weird. It's spelled stupidly. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fucking stupid English. The Thames, like, like the the River Severn, Sovereign. I don't know. Thames. Uh, if you're an English really listener bad. and you're angry at us, we know there's uh, like six of them, right? Well, yeah, they all, <laughs> they all, they all laugh about how we say burrow. Why? How do they say? They say bra. Like what? Oh, yeah. like, and, and, and bra. bra. Okay. Uh, and we, and uh, then like they, the Americans come over and they're like. Oh, it's Edinburgh. Like, no, it's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. The five bras? Yeah, shut up. Yeah. The five bras. Yeah, five bras. Yeah, Staten Staten Island, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) Our podcast metrics say there's about six of you across the pond. We love all six of you. Look, I know you invented a language, but it's aluminum, because we made that word up. Aluminium. Stupid fucking Aluminium. It's not right. Moving on. (laughs) So, since they were banned... From the UK, McLaren was like, let's do the US. So he booked a tour. I think it was, he booked about 20 dates, but what ended up happening was they were leaving in 1978 New Year. So into, yeah, 1977 into 78. They got held up at visas with all that shit because all the felonies those guys had. Right. So they had had to cancel the first three or four dates. They hit the American South. They play through like Texas and all these other places. That what sounds was the reception rough. down there. Yeah, though? apparently pretty well. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it went over well. Swastikas. Eight shows into that shit, the Sex Pistols ceased to be. What happened to oh, them? They done. just broke up into the in the American tour. In the American tour, wow. they only made eight shows into the tour, and then that was the end of the. What Sex was Pistols. the fucking beef? Do we know? So, I think Johnny Rotten was a huge part of it because he his ego. Definitely got the best of him. Okay. Right. And McLaren was on tour with them. And McLaren had some beef with Johnny. Johnny Rotten claimed to have owned a lot of the Sex Pistol stuff. Because he did write the lyrics. And he was the face. Oh, it was like a money grab thing. It was... Ownership. It was Johnny Rotten being sick of McLaren telling him what to do. Okay. Right. 
Which was bound to happen. Which, which is kind of, yeah, which really. is kind of, yeah. Like, you know, the dude writes the lyrics, the dude probably wrote all the songs, and like, why, who the fuck are you? You're my manager. I mean, you I know, manage me. I know uh, Matlock, the guy who played bass before, he wrote a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm, really? Yeah. Mm. And it's funny, I, I was telling you guys before about how Sid Vicious couldn't play bass on all that shit between the hepatitis and the uh, lack of talent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please let that be a reason why I don't like do anything great with my life. Just it was the, uh, it was the hepatitis and the lack of talent <laughs> that stopped me from getting in the, into the Oval Office. In mom. that fucking order. Next question. Yeah. The producer on Nevermind the Bullocks asked McLaren to get Matlock to just play on the album as a studio musician. Mm-hmm. And Matlock agreed to it, but one of his terms was, I want to get paid first. Up front. And I need to get paid on this day. And the check never went through, so Matlock didn't end up playing. Hence, Steve Jones playing on that mm. that bit. Mm. One thing I did read about Nancy during this time, during this, uh, this tour of the U.S. She obviously was American, but she didn't tour with Sid. She stayed in London. Yes. And Weird. she was just basically like in the punk scene, just like the most annoying bitch. Oh, everyone hated her. She would her. go around from like place to place, and I was like, "Ah, oh, there's Nancy Splooge. I'm just gonna call it Splooge. Yeah, go for it, man. Splooge. Sponge in the Splooge. Yeah, she's Nancy Splooge because she's blowing everyone. So leave her alone. Was that a thing? She blowing everyone? Oh yeah, she I'm was a still whore. Oh, okay. I mean, she. Was, she I-, I thought she'd be faithful after she's poured know. her heart Maybe out. Absolutely not. She, not. She's a junkie. And yeah, they really yeah, didn't, yeah. they weren't making a shit ton of money at this time, because you gotta remember, Malcolm owned the band. So he, he And the way those the labels strings. pay out, and the radios play out, when they make the money, it's, you're waiting quarterly, and then Malcolm's gonna put, fucking keep you on a retainer. Right. He's gonna take his 18. He's gonna do that, and he's gonna get all the money to begin with. So the tour broke the band up. Yeah. Fucked everyone up. It's pretty bad. Uh, there were a few more instances of Sid being a total asshole on tour. Uh, one was he was in San Antonio, Texas, and started yelling at the crowd about how they were a bunch of faggots. And then someone went up and put his hands on him, and he beat the guy over the head with his bass. Which is, sounds about right. Yeah, really. The, something I discovered, like when I was watching some of these period pieces, is mm-hmm. people didn't know how to deal with punk rockers. Uh huh. It, it seemed like punk rockers went out of their way to, like, try to get a rise out of people. Mm-hmm. And those people, like, bit the hook. Like, hook, line, and sinker. Like, Oh, every time. Yeah. Like, oh, Sid Vicious, like, went out of his way to get a rise. And once he got it, he oh, made yeah. that person look like an idiot. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the conservatives, like, the, the establishment, if you want to call it. The we're, just, we're just getting used to hippies. Yeah, and they true. were they were peaceful. They were like relatively speaking peaceful. Very true. I'm sure Non-swastic there were some that were so much. Hippies. But like yeah, whatever. Peace, love, man. Peace out. And all of a sudden, these fucking punks come up, and they're not. <laughs> they're gonna kick the shit out of you. You know what I mean? So it, it's a very big shift in like people come like you know you think of people that lived in the 60s and 60s and 50s. You know, very conservative, very respectful. Mm-hmm. They dealt with the hippies, and now they're dealing with the fucking punk rock, it's a and that's ball. a big switch. Huge switch, yeah, because they're aggressive, ball. they want to be in your face, they right. don't fucking believe in the whole peace and love thing, they want to shred everything that you know. Yeah. Anarchy, man. Anti-hippies. I mean, the whole anarchy thing is a hilarious statement. I, I think of, like I, I mentioned before, Vivian Westwood, the one who <laughs> opened sex with Malcolm McLaren, 
she designed the anarchy symbol as we know it. Oh, okay. wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah, she makes money off that shit. Huh. <laughs> There's royalties yeah. on the anarchy symbol. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, of course, man. I mean, uh, this is all just capitalism. They All they talk about is anti-capitalist shit, and they're just selling you garbage. Yeah, that's like the exist thing. Oh, the coexist? coexist? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the biggest hawk of shit yeah. I ever met. Why is that that's a, a whole long story. Fuck no, you. we don't need to get into that all right, one. We'll do it later. That's yeah, like yeah. a 45. We could do an episode on the coexist. We're already going long. Yeah, because gonna... it's dead to me. So Sid was uh, on this tour. He had been suffering from withdrawal because he couldn't get any hits in the state. Of H. Yeah, no heroin. Really? A friend of his took him back to L.A. and then back to New York and took care of him for a little bit. He ended up going into the hospital and signing up for a methadone clinic while he was in New York. And after he was mm-hmm. feeling okay, he flew back to London, met up with Nancy again, and they were together the entire time since... Uh, well, we'll get into that. They, You couldn't rip the two apart. Right. Now that Vicious is back in the U.K. with his sweetheart, Nancy... Spongin. Nancy! They spend a few months there, popping around the scene, talking, networking, trying to get the punk shit off the ground. Doing but heroin. the two of them decide back to move over to New York City. Right. Because that's where the, the punk scene really was popping off. Was it just that easy for them back in the day? Well, they had money coming in at this point because Ooh. the record sales had done really well the previous quarters. So they were waiting on royalties and shit. They ended up getting a lot of cash. Money. Right. And they kept it in cash, of course, because there's no other way to do it. You can't do a... banks. You're a, you're an anarchist. Also, country hopping was a lot easier back then. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, you know, time. it wasn't like today where it's like you haven't filed your taxes in a week. Like we're gonna come after you and kick you out of the country. Yeah, it was like you just show like showed up. Yeah, you just, you just went here with me. Yeah. Now that you bring that up, actually, that might have been part of it too, because they were getting paid out of the UK. Maybe right. they just wanted to go over here and not pay the taxes. I mean, that's how Nancy got there. She was this American citizen. Like, she took a took a plane over there and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm living in now. London now. Yeah. yeah. Now this is where I live, yeah. It's funny, too, because when they moved back over here and they started getting more press, um, Sid Vicious was still in this kind of celebrity status of the punk scene. Right. Uh, he had started a couple other solo projects, but when they came back, Nancy pulled a total Madonna, mm-hmm. and she had this thick cockney bullshit accent. Uh, Thick Cockney bullshit. Yeah. Yo, I mean, mate. It's just me in Philadelphia. Yeah. Cheerio. I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, What's up, mates? Doc? (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Doc mates. Doc Doc mates. What's up, Doc mates? Couple Doc mates. I'll Doc mates. Touching the skin to skin. Just love docking. Yeah, so they moved back to New York City, and Sid actually started getting his shit together, which is kind of interesting for a junkie. He got Damn. together another band, a solo project, mm-hmm. and he got a residency at Max's Kansas City, which was a big venue in downtown Okay, okay. for the time, and he was doing all these shows, and he was getting paid good money for that. He was getting like three grand a gig. He, he wasn't on the smack or he was cleaning up? No, no, no. When I say getting his shit together, I mean <laughs> career and income. The, Still the, on the smack. Oh, it got worse. Okay. This was getting worse. Hilarious. Yeah. Getting his shit together, but still Don't. not getting your shit yeah, together. Yeah, financially. It's right. totally different than uh, how you act as a person. You can gotcha. you could be destructive to yourself like that and make money. It just Neat. it's it there's no rule against it. Yeah. And if you could do it, then I uh, you know, whatever. Oh shit. Okay. Sid and Nancy are now living at the Chelsea Hotel in Manhattan. Nice Very hotel. famous place where a lot of fucking rockers 
live? A lot of rockers live there. Yeah. Iggy Pop, Tom Waits, Leonard Cohen. Didn't the Stones live there for a bit? The Stones were there. Yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah. A lot of them. It was uh, insanity. So they lived in um, room 100. I think they had burnt their previous room, though. Yeah, I did read that. <laughs> apparently apparently they, they lived in a different room in the Chelsea Hotel. And they lived out of plastic bags. Like Classy. Just, yeah, just all their items were in plastic bags. Ugh. And they had a cat, which I didn't think Sid would have a cat because he fucking strangled one of them with a noose. The fucking asshole. But anyway, the cat used to apparently hide underneath his golden record. Like he just <laughs> kept it on the floor. It's like, ah, whatever. Just got one of these. <laughs> oh, I got one. And they started a fire one day. And uh, I don't know why the management at Chelsea Hotel was like, yeah, take another room. But that seems strange. I feel like it's probably normal then, though. Probably. There's a Probably. lot of these fucking delinquents living. Yeah, a lot of heroin junkies and fucking... Please. Downtown Manhattan was apparently a shit show. Oh, it was skeevy as shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I went to the same school that my mom did. Um, didn't graduate from it, but School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. I went there. Which is like semi-downtown. And my mom also went there, but she went there in the 70s. Mm. And she was saying, like, Alphabet City and, like, that whole area in New York was basically like, you don't walk there alone. There's junkies. You'll get raped. Yeah, you junkies know, like, are dangerous. They just want to fix. They want money. They don't care. They'll rob you. They will hurt you. Right. So, like, and New York City, like, Escape from New York. I don't know if everyone's seen that movie. Great movie. Classic. Great movie. They Snake did not. Bliskin. Yeah. They didn't have to build sets for that movie. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Like, a lot of that was shot in Brooklyn. Fucking, was it Bushwick? No, not Bushwick. Uh, what's the ro- park's. Park Slope? No, Park, Park Slope's nice. Bed-Stuy? Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy, that's the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that shit was shot in Bed-Stuy. No but anyway, shit. that's what we're dealing with in New York. It's not a nice place. So that's the picture, and these people are certainly not helping it because they're just heroin addicts that are waiting for their next paycheck to come in from the royalty money. They don't work. Stye. So we'll get to Nancy's expiration date right now. Do it! In October 1978, mm-hmm. Nancy was found dead on the bathroom floor of the couple's room. Cliche. One single stab into the abdomen. Ooh, not cliche. Not. Sid Vicious was the smoking gun in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. The cops just got him. They nabbed him up. He's put out on bail pretty soon. I think Malcolm McLaren actually helped him with that one. Okay. Decent manager. Yeah, I guess if you want to well, use the word decent. Mm. Wasn't there a little controversy, though, with... With this whole stabbing. Well, first of all, I, I read that the knife that she was apparently stabbed with, she had bought Sid Vicious yes. this knife. And mm. he used to just, like, play with it, like, cut himself. Like, yeah, he, he was boy. into the, the self-harm yeah. thing. Yeah. But, like, there apparently was a little bit of controversy whether or not Sid killed her or not, because he was, like, apparently too doped up and, like, passed out. I... I believe after watching the stuff that I've watched, and uh-huh. I'm just gonna sum this up. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like a lot of people would come to the same conclusion I am, mm-hmm. just based off of the other shit that people are saying. I don't think Sid did it. Really? Really? Yeah, I oh. don't think he did because he was he had taken a barbiturate that was called a two for one at the time. Huh. Go on, which used to fuck you up royally. Like you can't move, fuck you up. You're passed out for forty eight hours. He took 32 of them. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. This Whoa. guy was passed the fuck out. In the crime scene, they found Nancy dead in the bathroom mm-hmm. with the stab wound in her stomach. 
they found a handprint with the blood on it on one of the mattresses, not the mattress that Sid was sleeping on. Mm. Oh. It was like mattresses on the floor. Sid was totally clean. There with was blood. N- right. There was no blood on him. Mm. The knife that they said was used for the murder was totally clean. So How Sid owned the knife, but was, they didn't yeah. look into it. Clean. If you're stabbing someone in the gut, you're going to get that knife dirty. Yeah, and if you're on a fucking heroin binge and you're passing out and you're... You're going to get blood all over you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were there were a few people who had been in and out of their hotel room that night. Right. I also love what the heroin decor that you just mentioned. We kind of glanced over it. Just mattresses on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like Fallout 4, just like, oh, yeah, whatever, mattresses on the floor. Oh, big time, yeah. Right. Sleep here. Sid was on, like, a twin size that was in the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know, he Piss was just... stains. Yeah. Yeah. Blood he's, stains. He's just there, like a, like a stupid little kid yeah. doing heroin. 21 I, years old? He's 20. He's 20 at this time. 20. Okay. Which is insane. He's charged with murder, but he's out on bail. This theory, if you watch the Who Killed Nancy mm-hmm. documentary, there's a name they throw around a lot where they don't have a last name. This guy, Michael. Michael. Michael was the murderer. Um, I also believe this because I think he had gotten his royalty check for one of the singles that Sex Pistols had done. He had got a lot of money. Who was Michael? Michael was a heroin dealer. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, like, the drug addict. The missing show, puzzle piece. The, the dealer. The dealer showed, showed up. up. Okay. They had thousands of dollars laying around this place. Right. Because he would get those checks, he would cash them, bring it back to the place. Nancy would just have a, a purse filled with hundreds, not folded up or anything. Neat. She would just, like, shove shit out. Like, they had ridiculous money. Keep in mind, he was doing those Max's Kansas City gigs, like, right. once a week, making three grand every show. Mm. Now, back then, put that fucking money together. Three grand. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He was doing one or two shows a week. This is like, if he had just kept this up for another few years, he would have been a millionaire. Yeah. Easy. But he's he's fucking juices, juicing his arm. Yeah. Right now. And, and when the hotel room was inspected by the officers, they didn't find any cash whatsoever. So that's one of two mm, things. That's a little mm. suspicious. Like, someone ripped off the joint. Stab, maybe Nancy was like, he, like, fucking Sid was passed out. Nancy was, like, semi-coherent mm-hmm. to, like, be like, someone's robbing us. Right. Gets a little knife in the gut. Gets crazy, because she was loud, and she was obnoxious, yeah, she was and an she, would, she, was she probably idiot. wouldn't have went after the guy. Yeah. She was a fucking loud, obnoxious whore. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other theory on who killed her, besides Sid and this Michael, which Michael is just the the random drug dealer who's right. taking advantage of these Whoever. junkies, is uh, she did it herself. Self-inflected gut wound mm. is not pretty. Well, I'm not uh, saying it's pretty, but... It's possible, though. Yeah, hey, definitely I, possible. She had a history preferred. of suicide. Yeah, she tried and, uh, she had multiple attempts. Yeah, she had a history of suicide, and there's a little thing uh, Cody called seppuku. Seppuku. That's yeah. basically what it was. It was just below her belly button, so it was pretty much that. Yeah, you just stab yourself in the gut. But I don't subscribe to that one. I think it's more likely that than Sid killing her. Sid was useless. Sid couldn't fucking move. If you watch some of the interviews right before his death, he was... He's a vegetable. Yeah, he was gone. Right. You know? Uh, And he did have a a bit of a history with, like, Hitner. Yeah, there was was some domestic violence. Yeah, they had some disputes happening. You know, she would show up in public with a black eye or a fat nose, fat lip. 
Um, so also, he's a piece of shit, you know, like, yeah. fuck Sid Vicious. There's also, like, weird fucking, he's like, pulling a Chris romance. Brown. You think you're so cool, Chris Brown? Yeah. Sid Vicious did before you. And he offed himself. Jesus. Thank God. Chris yeah. Brown, if you're listening to this, go off yourself. <laughs> you fuck, fucking yeah. piece of shit. We'll do piece a podcast on you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there also was, like, weird, you know, not weird, but, like, there was also, like, love letters and shit that he had, like, document. we have documented pictures, him talking about how much he loved this Chick. Yeah, big time. You know, so he was like infatuated by it. apparently everyone else. It's like there's everyone has that friend where it's like, wow, your girlfriend's fucking annoying. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's what everyone that's what everyone thought about Nancy. Nobody liked like Nancy. no one liked her, but Sid was all about like wrote fucking love letters. Like you know, I think there was one quote. I don't know the exact quote that I saw, but Johnny Rotten was basically like, "You gotta leave this bitch." When she was like being his manager, right? Quotes. Yeah, um, yeah. The manager thing was bullshit right. too. By the way, and I know Sid, I introduced her like that, but right. it was it was hogwash. Like they didn't they didn't have any paper. He was still technically under Malcolm's agency. And yeah, and Sid Sid was like, "No, I'm not breaking up with Nancy. Like she's my crutch. You know, like mm-hmm. I need her. You know." So it's debatable. I don't think she. I I, I personally don't think that he killed her. We know he hit her. We Still a piece of shit. Total piece of shit, but yeah, it just didn't didn't happen that way. So let's move on. So Sid is picked up for that one. He's out on bail almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Malcolm McLaren had picked him up, got him out on bail. Right. Nice. He was in Rikers. No, he he never actually went to Rikers for that. No? No, no. Oh, what are we going to okay. do now? I'll tell you why he was. I thought he was in Rikers getting his butt touched. Yeah, uh, well, he was. But, but it wasn't for that. Rikers. Wow. All right. So then... Shortly after, in December of 1978, yeah. he's at a Scoffish concert. What? Scoffish? Scoffish. It's a band. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a New York dance club. Hurrah. That was the name of the place. Hurrah. So he's over there. He's with a few of his uh, punk compatriots. Late 70s. Being all punk and you know doing their drugs and hanging out. Late mm-hmm. 70s weird time to have places called Scoffish. Oh, yeah. He, being Sid Vicious, attacks a man named Todd Smith, who happens to be Patti Smith's brother. Damn. Yeah, Patti Smith was a singer-songwriter who was involved in the whole punk rock scene. Punk scene. And Sid, of course, glasses Todd Smith. Oh. Her brother. brother. So he gets sent to Rikers Island for that one. Oh. If you're out on bail, you can't just go fucking glass someone. Don't go glass a fool. Yeah. And Rikers Island's, like, basically butt-touch. That's a good yeah, one. Someone's getting their butt touched. Yeah, getting a butt touch. And while he was in there, his mother snuck heroin using her uh, woman pocket. <laughs> her lady hole? Yep. Good old fucking mama Dude. vicious. Yeah, she would sneak shit in for him like that so he can keep up his habit. That so, is some weird shit, though. Oh, like yeah. Doing drugs. From We've your all mom. done drugs. Oh, yeah. You doing came from your drugs, mom's vagina. Doing drugs from your mom's vagina. You should be the period. No pun intended. Yeah, you're just a waste. Yeah, you're I the waste. I don't know that I haven't done drugs from my mom's vagina, Cody, but I'm haven't. 98% sure. <laughs> so we get Sid Vicious, who spends... <laughs> Jesus. That's gross, dude. Yeah. Uh, I didn't bring it up, you fuckers, bro. Uh. So we got shitty Sid spending 55 days doing a detoxification that obviously was thwarted by one Anne Beverly. Vagina. Vagina heroin. Vagina. Heroin. Vagine. Oh. Mom. 
But of course, the whole rock and roll scene is behind Sid Vicious because he's a fucking icon. They don't care about the morals and the integrity behind his character. So uh, Mick Jagger actually bailed him out. I know that guy. Shit. You know, Stones if, boy. If, if you don't know who Mick Jagger is, um, that's fine. Who cares? Yeah, not really that important. No. Stones are all right. We're running yeah. long. They're okay. Yeah, we're running long as fuck. So Mick Jagger gets him out. I think uh, I think our dude, Malcolm McLaren, called in a favor. So now we got Sid Vicious out on the street again. What does he do? He gets Get... high on mom heroin. He does. The night he's out of Rikers Island, overdose. Shit. On mom heroin. He was out of jail for like 10 hours. And mom did. Mom provided the heroin, and he's dead now. I read, I read that the mom actually injected the heroin. Me too. In Ooh, the arm. But a lot of... Weird. I don't think that can actually be confirmed, because the only other no. people were, who were there were junkies. They're also all high. Yeah. yeah. So, um... I believe that she got it for him because that's on so many accounts. We don't yeah. know the administration part of it. I doubt that happened. Right. Anyway, I mean, like, imagine killing your own son with a nice feel-good drug. Damn. Good time. Makes Damn. You feel good. Great times. Didn't she also OD in the 90s? She intentionally killed herself, I believe, in 97. It was the Oof. year that Sex Pistols reformed for a few shows oh. with the original lineup. Good for um, her. She's an asshole. She was a junkie the whole time. Now, I think she was like 70-something at this point in 97. Might be 95. But she killed herself. Good. So, good. That, I'm going to say good. Uh, because as much as Sid Vicious is a scumbag for just killing cats and being a fucking dickhead, just in general, mm -hmm. his mom is like the real fucking piece of shit. Yeah, mm. she kind of carved this shit-shaped stone, you yeah. know? Entertain yourself. Just type in Sid Vicious interview on YouTube. You will find it hilariously underwhelming how soft-spoken Sid Vicious is. For someone who used to beat people and all that shit, he's got this little baby voice, kind of like this. Oh, he's teetering on the edge of a heroin dream. Nancy's dead now, I just want to kill myself. Well, he's a bitch boy. A little <laughs> bitch boy. And he's just bitch wearing... boy? B-O-I. He loves starting fights, he loves the brawl. Sid Vicious. So that's all the research we did on this one. If you listen to this and we miss something, fill us in. We're probably not going to change it, but we like to know what the hell we're talking about. So oh. Yeah. Let us know if you got more insight. Because knowing is uh, half the battle. I mean, uh, yeah, like Sid Vicious was... I, I, I'll never get it. No. Well, we're not junkies. He was just a look. Yeah. That's really it. Flash in the pan. Yeah, I, I don't like how he's been made into an icon so much. Yeah. I don't think he deserved it. it. It's, he yeah, really I was about it. to say, it's undeserving. Yeah. You're the perfect mannequin for Malcolm McLaren's idea. Right. That's right. it. I mean, he's very... I didn't know that they were as much of a boy band as you put them. But oh, they yeah. are a boy band. They are, yeah. You know, I think the only one that might have predated them... I'm mean, sure there's many more, but the ones that stick out were the Monkees. Yeah, Monkees so, were a big... They were uh, They were the fake the first version big of the Beatles. Success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like... I don't know anyone in between that, but to me, that's like the second version of a boy band. I think the only difference between a boy band and them is that even though Malcolm McLaren was making money off of them, he he let them be themselves in a way. Right. That was the only difference. He like, kind of just like found the right people and put them together. Yeah, he was the chemist behind it. You know, he pulled Sid Vicious in based off the look and the attitude. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So I can appreciate that a little bit more than, like, say, Backstreet Boys. AJ wears a cowboy hat. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. hey, Frosted Tips forever. Yeah. Joey Fatone, yeah. Frosted Tips. A little more organic, but it's still a boy band at the end of the day. Basically, if you want to listen to good punk music, listen to Dead Kennedy. Green Day. Oh. Yep. Just don't listen to <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Fuck Green Day. Yeah. Excuse me. Green Day. Oh, no, no, I mean, Dookie's all right. I'm <sighs> farting right now. Yeah, I mean, they, Green Day was an okay band when they first started. And, and then, then, then they were iTunes material. Then they iTunes. Yeah, out. and then they were Broadway material. American oh, fucking Oh, I forgot idiot. about that. Oh, it's so bad, man. Dude, how far has punk come? It's so not punk rock. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is hilariously unpunk rock. Yeah, as much as we were trying to shit on the Sex Pistols for being a boy band, whatever, punk, especially in the early 2000s, was just a piece of shit. Uh... Interesting fact, I think Sid Vicious is our youngest specimen to date. Not our earliest, but our youngest. Technically, Nancy is. Na- oh, if you want to count Nancy. She was a year younger, and she died a year before. She died at 20. Yeah, so Nancy, only a- our first specimen to only put out two years of existence. Yeah. I don't think we can say that <laughs> for dog is else. snoring. Yeah. We put... We've- are we that boring, guys? Yeah, we put the, the dog dogs is asleep. sleeping. Yeah, the dog previously pelted oh. with our research... Research pad earlier is now snoozing. Shit. <laughs> that might be a hint to wrap yeah, this that's fucker. The end of the- yeah, no, this is our longest running episode, that's for sure. And uh, it, look, it depends after the edit. But if you're a huge beefy. Sex Pistols, Sid Vicious fan, whatever the fuck you are, and we miss some shit, go fuck yourself. It doesn't matter. So that's us. That's all we got right now. The tip of learning. I tip of learning. We're the really tips good. Of I'm gonna open that school up. The yeah. tip of learning. Well, we got a smaller table this time, so all of our tips have been touching the whole time, vibrating I very didn't fast. Like that. Teacher, I can't help but notice it's only holes in the ground with no chairs. <laughs> I didn't like. <laughs> I... Insert your tip of learning. Yes. Well, that's a roast modern. <laughs> the yeah. tip of learning is <laughs> profound. <laughs> I am drunk. That's the roast mortem podcast. I'm Travis Lee. I'm Tom Saltman. I am Cody McCann. We all have Twitters. We do. But you should check out the Roast Mortem Cast Twitter. It's Roast Mortem Cast. Or you can shake down our personals. I am Cody McCann. I thought we were just saying We don't need to know that. Do we? Are we not doing it? No, let's do it. No, no, let's do it. I do want to do it. Let's do it. Because we're people. Cody McCann, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Cody McCann. I can't believe it. C-O-D-Y-M-C-C-A-N-N. Tom, what's your personal? I'm at Saunched, S-A-U-N-T-C-H-T. I'm at tra- Travis Legion, spelt wrong with two E's. It's a more better evening right here it's at Roast More. More better go. evening. Thank you. Li- thank you for joining us. Yeah, tonight. if you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us five stars, because we have five boners. And there's only three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Do that math. Yeah. Yeah. There's at least one Frico amongst us. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Thank, Thank you, Shane. you for watching. Thank you, Shane, for listening. Thank you, my whole. Hey, if you like what you just heard, we'd love to hear back from you. Hey, dumb dum-dums. Dummy yeah. dum-dum idiots. Yeah. Yeah. We want to hear your feedback. And we'd love to know if you have someone that you want us to roast or whatever. Just want to tag us on on Instagram or uh, Twitter. Or you can email us. It's all roastmortemcast. 
You'll, you'll find it. Oh, yeah. At Gmail. Uh, yeah, Gmail. Uh, well, no, we use Hotmail. We don't accept no, Hotmail. We don't, we don't, we don't accept Hotmail. hotmail. If you don't hotmail. use Hotmail, can't hotmail. change that. If you don't use Hotmail, just, just, just end it. And, and we'll do something fun with your names. Could you include those? We'll set up a fake obituary. In your honor. In your honor. Fake one. We're not going to actually kill you. And this is going to be the stylized roast mortem cast shadows. Yeah, you get a little tag at the end of the episode. And uh, if you don't want to, like, say your name for whatever reason, like you're one of those people that just, like, jerk off in your basement all day, and you just, like, have no social functions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can send us a DM or something with your name, if you want your name out. Yeah. Or else we're going to use your fucking handle, which is probably, like, jerk me off, yeah, you boy, can, you 69. Can give us a, a pseudonym. Yeah, it's make fun of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. So thanks for tuning in again. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane.